have your Bibles or if you have a phone or a tablet, however you can access the Word of God today, turn to Luke chapter number 17, Luke chapter 17, and uh, then also if you're new to grace, we're going to put these scriptures on the screen. You could follow along there. Let me just review for just a minute. We started this series two weeks ago where we started to talk about being grateful in every season, in every season. First Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul is writing, and it's really the end of of that particular letter, the first letter that he would write to the church of Thessalonica, and he said this. He said, rejoice always. And like the translators of the Bible made that one verse. Rejoice always, period. That's just one complete thought. And then it said this, pray without ceasing. Complete thought, period. And then he said this, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, concerning you. So I believe being grateful, expressing our gratitude is God's will for our life. It's required of us. God expects that we put our gratitude on display. And I said this several weeks ago, I believe with all my heart, there's no such thing as inner gratitude. I'm grateful on the inside, but I don't express it on the outside. There's no such thing as that. Gratitude is an outward expression. It is always an outward expression. Gratitude is seen or it is heard. It is a thank you. It is a letter. It is a card. It is an email. It's some sort of expression that you give. When somebody does something for you, you express your gratitude and they can see it or they can hear it or it is not gratitude. Gratitude is always seen or heard. And we talked about this last week. In no particular order, I believe there are three ways that we express our gratitude to God. And the first way we talked about is our giving. Now, I know people are challenged when I talk about finances because they go, "Eh, Pastor, should you really talk about money in the church? Well, the truth is, is that you go to work all week and you work for money. You don't volunteer your time and just go, hey, if you want to pay me, that's fine. If you don't want to pay me, that's fine. You expect at the end of the week, I'm doing this for cash. I want money, right? That's why we go to work. We, we, want, to, we want money at the end of the day. Politicians, what do they talk about all the time? Money. They're talking about money, right? either how they can get it to you or take it from you, Right? So they talk about money all the time. You know the number one cause of divorce? Money. The number one cause of marital strife? Money, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just all around us. So I've had people ask me, they, somebody asked me one time, they said, Pastor, do you, have a, do you have a challenge talking about money? Nope. No, because the truth is, is that God doesn't need your money, but he wants your heart, right? It's not about the money, it's about your heart. Right? And there's this connection between your heart and your wallet. There's just this connection. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, here's what he said. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And a lot of people misquote that verse. They said, well, where your heart is, your treasure is. That's not what it says. It says this, where your treasure is, your heart will follow. If you don't believe me, Just invest in Coca-Cola. 
Put, put a bunch of money in stock at Coca-Cola, and when someone asks you, do you want a Coke or do you want a Pepsi? You're going to pick Coca-Cola every time. After all, who would drink Poopsie? It's the worst. It's terrible, right? I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but it is terrible. So you should pick Coke anyway. But the truth is, is your heart follows your treasure. Your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. For where your treasure is, your heart will follow. So we want our, our heart to be in the kingdom. And if we want that to happen then our treasure has to be in the kingdom. That's why God talks about money. That's why we talk, and I preach about money probably once a year, so we don't talk about it often, but I believe it's okay to talk about it. So giving is a big deal. I had a friend of mine who, who said this. He was a pastor up in North Florida. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But he said, you know, hey, listen, he would teach on tithing. He did this for years as a pastor. He'd teach on tithing, but he never tithed. Because he said, God, I give you everything. You know what I mean? And God told him, well, you give me everything but that. And that's an important part of your life. And he got convicted. And then for years and years, he would tithe and give over and above. It was just an area in his life he was challenged. And many people are challenged in that area. But we want to express our gratitude to God. It's not about twisting arms. It's about expressing gratitude to God. The second way that I believe we express our gratitude to God that I want to teach you about in this series is our worship. Our worship, all right? Our giving and then our worship. Luke chapter 17, verse number 11 says this. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. This is an interesting, interesting account of a healing that took place in a very unusual way. What was unusual about this is as Jesus is traveling, he goes through the area of Samaria and Galilee, and of course he's on the outskirts of the city because he encounters lepers. Lepers were not allowed inside the city. They were not allowed to be a part of society. They were required to be outside the city. Not only were they required to be outside the city, they actually had to wear belts around them so people could hear them coming. If anyone got within distance of them, any proximity of them, they were to lift up their voice and shout, unclean, unclean. So Jesus encounters these 10 lepers. Now of nine of them, we know almost nothing. The only thing we know is their gender, 10 men. We don't know their ethnicity. We do not know if they're married. We don't know if they had businesses. We don't know if they had kids. We don't know anything about them. We never discover anything about these nine men. And of the one who returned, we only know that he was a Samaritan. So there's so many details of this particular account left out that we're just left to wonder, right? But what we do know is this. Jesus never prayed for them. He never stretched his hands towards them. He never proclaimed anything over them. 
He never said that they were healed. He just simply said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And on that word, right, on that word, they began to take an incredible journey, a journey of faith. And I believe this, if we're ever going to receive anything from God, we always have to put our faith on display. Anything we receive from God is going to require faith. You will never receive anything from God where he does not also ask of you faith. I said this last week when it comes to giving. I said that you can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. Do you know that's also true when it comes to our worship? You can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. That is true of so many aspects of our life. And of these 10 men, he says to them, go show yourselves to the priest. We do not know when they were healed. We only know that somewhere along the way, come on now. I don't know if it was the fifth step, the 10th step, or the 100th step. Somewhere along the way, they noticed something different. Now, leprosy was a skin disease, but it was also believed that not only was it a skin disease, that it was a sin disease. Somewhere along the way, these men sinned. Sin entered their life, and so they were cursed with leprosy. They were not only cursed in their body, something had affected their heart. They had sinned, and this sin brought leprosy upon them. And so look at what happens now in verse number 15. It says this, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face, uh, on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give God glory except this foreigner, the Samaritan? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. One man, one man, somewhere along the way. I don't know if it was the fifth step, the tenth step, or the hundredth step. As I said, I just know that somewhere along the way, he said this, Everything else can wait. I have to go express my gratitude to God for what he has done for me. And this is the essence of worship. The very essence of worship is that we stop and we return to God and we give him thanks for what he has done for me. And I'm going to say something that might sound a little bit controversial, but hear me out. I do not believe there's anything as still or silent worship. I don't believe there is such a thing. I had a guy call me one day. He'd been attending church for just a couple months. And he said, Pastor, I've got a problem with something you do. I said, stand in line. That's a long line, long line. He said, would you like to know what it is? I said, no, but you're probably going to tell me anyway. He said, I don't like it when you tell everybody to lift their hands. 
He said, I lift my hands when I want to lift my hands. And I don't like to be told when to lift my hands. I said, okay, this probably isn't the church for you. Because with all of my heart, I don't believe that we can have control of our worship. We do not worship God the way we want. We worship according to his word. Come on, somebody. Now listen, that doesn't mean that, that personalities are not different. I understand we got different personalities in this room. We got people who are more extroverted and more introverted. I get that. And let me tell you this and hear me with all of my heart. You don't have to worship like anybody else. But also hear this. You have to move. Do you hear me? You got to move. Listen, there's silent meditation, but there's no such thing as silent worship. Come on now. You got to move something. Do you hear me? You got to wiggle a toe or a finger. Huh? You say, well, why? I just said gratitude. Hear me now. Gratitude is seen or it is heard, or it's not gratitude. Ooh, come on now. Let me just tell you, let me tell you this. Ready, ready? Worship is seen, or it is heard, or it's not worship. Oh, come on now. Did you hear me? There's no such thing as still, silent, I worship God my way. No, you don't. No, you don't. You've got to move something. Did you hear me? Something. You've got to express something. Something has to move. Your mouth has to open. You've got to at least tap something, move something, jiggle something. Come on, somebody. Wave something. Your hand has to go up. Your mouth has to open. Come on now. Or it's not worship. You're meditating. Did you hear me? Meditation isn't worship. There's a place for meditation. But there's also a place for you to lift your hands. Come on now. There's a place for you to lift your voice. There's a place for you to move your feet. Come on now. David danced with all his might. Hallelujah. We've got to let what is inside of us come out. Hallelujah. Did you know that in that particular portion of Scripture, Jesus said to this Samaritan, your faith has made you well. That word well is the word saved. It's the Greek word sozo, right? You stepped out in faith. Come on now, you stepped out in faith and received your healing. But when you returned, come on now, when you returned and fell on your face, that's when salvation entered your heart because your worship is an expression of what happened on the inside. Come on now. And if something happened on the inside, it ought to show up on the outside of you. Amen. Put your finger in a socket that's live and it will shake your body. Hallelujah. And some of you need to figure out that God has saved you, he has healed you, he has delivered you, and what has happened on the inside of you ought to show up on the outside some way, somehow. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't mean that you have to be like anybody else, but you got to do something. 
Because, because listen, pastor's not watching. Pastor's on the front row, and he's got tunnel vision. Because I don't want to see nothing. Amen. I just want to sit here. I'm going to worship my way. And I'm going to move. Come on now. People who move don't make me nervous. People who do nothing make me very nervous. Come on now. I don't get nervous around people who run, shout, dance, fall down. They don't make me nervous at all. I just figured something's happening on the inside, and it's just showing up on the outside. Amen? And listen, I can't stand still. You'll never see me standing still in worship. Amen? I got to express something. I'm not trying to get anything from God. I'm trying to give something to God. My appreciation, my thanksgiving, my gratitude for all that he has done for me on the inside. It shows up on the outside. Hallelujah. Amen. It is our worship. And I don't want to worship like anybody in this room. I want to worship as my expression and my thanksgiving of God. Amen. For all that he's done, I want to tell him, God, I not only have gotten this far for what you've given me, I want to return every time I worship, whether it's Sunday morning, Monday afternoon, Tuesday night, wherever it is, I'm returning to God and I'm saying, God, I appreciate, I am grateful, I'm thankful for all that you've done for me. Hallelujah. That's what worship is. Amen. How can we not move? Amen. Even if it's just a little wave, come on now, something, a little shake, a little toe tap, something's got to be moving inside your body, amen? You know, I had a friend one time that actually his legs started to stiffen because blood was not getting down to his feet. And as blood became restricted to his feet, his legs and his feet began to harden. And he had this disease where his body was just beginning to stiffen. And he couldn't move it. Why? Because blood wasn't flowing to the right place. Well, the Bible says that we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. That means that blood not just entered my heart. It made it all the way down to my fingers. Come on, somebody. It made it all the way down to my toes. And the reason why I lift my hands is because blood is flowing through these veins. Not my own blood. His blood has saved me and cleansed me. And it's made it all the way to every appendage I got. Come on now. I just believe that we ought to move some way, somehow, and express our appreciation to God. Hallelujah. You say, well, pastor, I'm not like that. Get like that. Come on, somebody. You can do it. Hallelujah. Don't copy anybody else. You be you, but express your appreciation to God. Amen? Because the truth is, the guy got exactly what he asked for. Oh, come on now. He, he got exactly, one man got exactly what he asked for. While everybody else went on with their life and they went back to the business of showing themselves to the priest and making the necessary sacrifices according to the law, while while nine of them did that, one man said, that can wait. Everything can wait. It all can wait. What's most important here is that I come back and I express my gratitude Because he gave me exactly what I asked for. Remember what they asked for? Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
Can I just say this? I believe that maybe we don't talk about mercy enough. I know there's a lot about grace going in the church today, and that's a necessary thing, and we should preach on that. I'm a faith preacher. I believe we should preach on faith. I believe that it's necessary for us to preach on faith. But maybe, perhaps, the church does not talk about enough the mercy of God. And when you woke up this morning, when you began to breathe again, come on now, when you reached out of that coma that you were in, stage four ram sleep, and you begin to just put your feet on the ground and begin to breathe again after that second cup of coffee. Come on now. Listen, it was mercy that is flowing through your life. That's what you experienced when you got up this morning. Amen. And it's not about the fact. Listen, it's not just about the fact that, listen, we woke up in a bed today. We, we, we had breakfast. I had my old-fashioned donut. Come on, somebody. I, I, I had my coffee. It's not about that. It's not about the fact that I woke up with a roof over my head. I was able to put clothes on my back and drive a, a car all the way to church today. It wasn't all about that stuff. Listen, that's just bonus. That's just extra. That's just extra gratitude I get to show to God and show my appreciation for. It's the fact this, that he saved me. I'm on my way to heaven today. Regardless of what takes place, I I know that I have a redeemer. I have a savior. Listen, regardless of if I slip into eternity, I'm slipping into eternity with him. Hallelujah. I will forever be with him today. His blood is flowing through my body and it's reaching every part of my life. And I express my gratitude to God for his mercy. Because grace may be getting, huh? Something that, that you don't deserve, but Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Did you hear me? That's the difference. You are not getting what you do deserve because only a guilty man would cry out for mercy. Only a guilty man would throw themselves on the mercy of the court. Right? And, and listen, I told you that leprosy, they believed, they believed that leprosy was not just a skin disease, it was a sin disease. They believed I'm here because I, I messed up. Somewhere along the way, I sinned. Huh? Somewhere along the way, I blew it. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done what I did. And now I'm paying the price for what I did. Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy. And he gave them exactly what they asked for. Mercy. And every morning, we get to experience the same thing. Listen, I, I want to dismiss everybody today who, who has never sinned. Go ahead, slip out, because this next part's not for you. All right, this next part's not for you. All right? But if you've ever blown it, you stay right where you're at. All right? And I'm going to stay right here, because I know I have. But I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come back to the keyboard today. They got exactly what they asked for. But only one of them showed appreciation for it. Only one of them expressed their gratitude. Huh? Only one of them received something not just on the outside, but something on the inside. Right? God's looking. You know, I, I told you, I, I sit on the front row because I don't want to see a lot. I just want to focus on him. 
I don't know what's going on behind me for the most part. Outside of a couple of peripheral things, that's all I got. But that's okay too because I, I've got one agenda today. Listen, some weeks are rough. Do you know what I'm saying? This was a rough week. We had things happen this past week with, with people passing and, and busy and, and all this stuff going on. I mean, this was a long week. And listen, everybody sometimes comes to church just dragging in. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe you lollipop your way in. I don't know how you get here sometimes, but... I'm the pastor, and sometimes my wife has to remind me, you better get there, okay? You have to go today. You're preaching. Okay, all right, I'll be there. Sometimes we drag in. But when I, when I come in, I don't come into worship wanting something. That's my prayer life. Listen, there's nothing wrong with asking, right? You, you have not because you ask. That's my prayer life. Silent meditation, that's, that's my prayer time. Worship, I've got a whole different agenda. <laughs> Come on. A whole different agenda. I'm not asking God for anything when I come into worship. I'm just wanting to express something. I just want him to see something. Because the pastor may not be looking, but God's looking the whole time. And he just wants to know, hey, listen, the Bible says in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for your life. Worship is God's will for your life. Expressing worship is God's will for your life. And he wants to see something. He said, now listen, he got up this morning. She got up this morning. I poured out on them new mercy. And I just want to know that they're grateful for the mercy they received. Amen. So I came in this morning knowing what I was going to preach about. Disclaimer. All right. And I just really focused this morning. God, once again, just want to remind myself, this time that I have, it's not about what's going to happen after church. It's not about will you do something with that problem that I got at home. Right? Here, I've got one agenda to express my gratitude that you have saved me, you have delivered me, you have set me free, you've put my feet on a new path, that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven, that I woke up with breath in my body, that I can move my hands and feet enough to let you know that I'm so grateful, God, for all that you have done for me. I can't help but express it. Hallelujah. Express it. Amen. Would you do this, church? Would you stand to your feet today?